God said, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course, he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. And that's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. We're going to have a guest on today at the bottom of the hour. Tirza Duran from the American Consumer Institute will be joining us today at at the bottom of the hour. And um, so we'll we'll look forward to that, uh, to talk about inflation. Um, But right now we're going to be talking about we are going to be talking about the uh, the FBI, the FBI, yeah, the t- double standard FBI, and um, you know, I came out with a tweet over the weekend, <laughs> got a lot of buzz. People, uh, uh, I guess, didn't you know, thought for a second that it was real, and um, and it, of course, it wasn't real. Um, you also, you have a conflict of interest where the FBI went in and stole, uh, documents that were privileged between Trump and his attorneys. And then there's this new breaking report. It says, um, breaking Elon Musk offers to buy the FBI. No word on if the Clintons are willing to sell. As of now. So that's kind of interesting. You know, the Clintons seem to be owning the owners of the FBI because they could do no wrong. Uh, the Jeffrey Epstein attorneys are the ones running the magistrate that are signing off on the warrants, of course. And and uh, so I tweeted this out and I thought, I wonder, I wonder if I'm going to get uh blacklisted or I wonder if I'm going to get banned from um, Facebook for for writing this um, statement and uh, I'm actually trying to find it here oh yeah right here okay I said this I said sources told me let's see I got this thing blocking my screen 
Facebook, their layout has really gotten kind of crazy. But um, all right. So here it's sources told me FBI agents at Mar-a-Lago obtained phones, tablets, and laptops showing documents of Eric Trump selling access to his father in exchange for millions of dollars. They, they also found videos of Don Jr. sleeping with his brother's wife, paid hookers, and smoking crack naked while engaged in pay-to-play schemes with the Donald Trump himself. With the Donald himself. They found Ivanka's diary suggesting inappropriate showers with her dad as, chi- as a child. And some people <laughs> thought that that was true. And I was like, yeah, it is true. It's true if you're a Biden. It's true. Could you imagine if they found that? What the left would do? You know, but it was the Bidens. Every single thing I read there is exactly what the Bidens are doing. And now nobody's even talking about it. But the Bidens are on vacation at this super mansion in Follies Island off of uh, Charleston. You know, and <clears throat> it's a uh, billionaire's mansion, $20 million home. And the the issue there is what kind of a campaign donation is that? You know, how much would that cost the family? I would say for two weeks, you're looking at about $100,000 to rent that place for two weeks. Easy. It's a $20 million home right on the ocean front. <clears throat> and you'd have to look at that and you'd have to say, isn't that an illegal campaign donation? What kind of kickback or palm greasing is going on here? This is a uh, person that has donated to several of the liberals. And now he's just for free giving his summer home his $20 million beach house in Charleston, uh, just giving it out to uh, the Bidens. And we're talking about Hunter. I mean, how much how much crack did Hunter have to bring on Air Force One when he went and flew down, flew down to this summer getaway with the fam? And how much how much blow did he have to actually bring on Air Force One to sustain him for two weeks? Because he obviously has a problem. But nobody's even talking about the, you know, how this public public servant, Biden, is getting this free gift that has a value of in excess of six figures. To me, it sounds fishy. It smells a little bit fishy, right? It's kind of crazy. But they raided Trump because the January 6th show trial didn't work, because the second impeachment didn't work, because the first impeachment didn't work, because the Russian hoax didn't work, because Hillary lost and they never accepted it. If Hillary won, none of this would have happened in 2016. If she won, none of this would have happened. But it did happen. Trump did win. Trump did become the biggest threat to the globalists that there ever was. And that's why they're doing it. 
I said this. I said, Trump may have allowed the fools of the FBI to walk smack dab into a trap using their own hoax against them. Crossfire hurricane Russian collusion delusion hoax now sits declassified at the FBI along with Hunter's laptop. The morons at the FBI are stone cold stupid blinded by their radical liberal ideology. Catherine Herridge reported this, that Trump issued his this memorandum January 19th, 2021. That's one day before Biden was sworn in. On declassification, FBI crossfire hurricane records circulated to AG, DNI, CIA one day before his term was terminated. May now be relevant, she says. This is uh, Catherine Herridge. May now be relevant once full holdings from Monday's search, last Monday's search, a week ago, at Mar-a-Lago cataloged. So <clears throat> this document, it says, at my request on December 30th, 2020, the Department of Justice provided the White House with a binder of materials related to the Federal Bureau of Investigation, Crossfire Hurricane Investigation. Portions of the documents in the binder have remained classified and have not been released to the Congress or the public. I requested the documents so that, so they, so that a declassification review could be performed and so I could determine to what extent materials in the binder should be released in unclassified form. And he also goes on to say, I determined that the materials in the binder should be declassified to the maximum extent possible. In response, and as part of the iterative, iterative process, I, yeah, I've never heard that word before, iterative process, of the declassification review. So the subject was declassification of certain materials retained to the FBI's crossfire hurricane investigation by the authority invested vested in me as president by the Constitution of the uh, and the and the laws of the United States of America. It's hard to read because it's a it's a photograph of the letter itself. So that's what I'm reading uh, off of that that screen, and it's titled "Memorandum of Declassification of Certain Materials Related to the FBI's Crossfire Hurricane Investigation," and this was dated January nineteenth, twenty twenty one, signed by President then President Donald Trump. That's pretty. That's pretty interesting. So if they went in and got these boxes, they're in receipt of it. It's almost like they've been served. Like a lawyer says, hand you a document and says, you've been served. And now you're uh, obligated to to carry out those demands. They they could have stonewalled. You know, it's January 19th. Biden's going to be in. We're not going to go ahead and release any of this stuff. And to what I said last week... I think Trump uh, was sitting on some compromat, you know, some compromise, you know, compromat, 
compromise and be like, I have the goods on you, so you don't go after my sons, you don't go after my daughter, you don't go after me. Um, if anybody dies, if anybody gets thrown in jail for whatever reason, then I'm going to go ahead and reveal this, these declassified documents. And I think that they wanted that. I think they're also trying to plant evidence to try to tie him into that classification they call the insurrection, in quotes. I mean, I'm literally putting my hands up in quotes because that's a term that, by definition, you can't run for office again. So they're, they're working on every angle to try to prevent the anti-globalist Donald Trump from ever taking the Oval Office again. And what's interesting about it is that if you support America first, you're the enemy of our country. And if you support globalism, you are, you are going to be supported by our country. And um, if you want to get firsthand how organized their message is, their messaging, all you need to do is you need to listen to the Mockingbird media. And let's take a listen to how in sync they are with their message in the wake of the Mar-a-Lago raid. Strong reaction to the raid on extremists and QAnon-related forums. Sources say there's been a strong reaction to the raid on extremists and QAnon-related forums. Sources also telling ABC News there's been a strong reaction from some extreme groups online, including QAnon and other groups. There's been a strong reaction to the raid on extremists and QAnon-related forums. Including those that were active before January 6th. Including those that were active prior to January 6th. Including those that were active prior to January 6th. Involved in the January 6th insurrection. Including those that were active prior to the January 6th riot. Some have been calling for violence and even a civil war. Some of them include calls for violence and even a civil war. Some of them include calls for violence in online forums and even civil war. This was the top comment on the search on the pro-Trump site, The Donald, last night. Quote, lock and load with references to a civil war. Talking very violently about civil war. Searches for civil war. Spikes. They're talking about civil war. Civil war. Civil war. Civil war. Civil war. Civil war. This is the kind of violent news. There's been a strong reaction to the raid. So you know what they're doing there, right? They're conditioning the population. They're conditioning the people that not only are the Trump fans unhinged, but they're also trying to rally up the Trump supporters. And they're trying to uh, discredit them. And they're trying to basically say, if they have a beef, it's because they're acting irrational. And not to mention the fact that, you know, I was telling my father this over the weekend, but, you know, it's, it's a story I've actually told several times on this program. And if you, if you ever watched The Godfather 1, Godfather 1, and, you know, uh, James Kahn's character, he just passed away not too long ago, but James Kahn's character, Sonny, um, was a hothead, right? You know, had very emotional. And, you know, you kind of could predict what's going to, you know, upset him. And you're, you could predict his reaction. 
Like if if the guy hits his sister, um, abuses his sister, he's going to react, right? You know this. So they knew it, and they basically beat up uh, the sister, Talia Shire's character, and Sonny gets on the causeway with his car, goes alone, and gets shot up, and that's the end of Sonny. They knew his reaction was going to be a protest of some sort. And, of course, that's what happened on J6th. You know, God forbid you uh, complain about a rigged election. But, of course, they rigged the election. They know people are going to be upset. They, they're they sitting there smirking. I mean, they literally are sitting there. I mean, everybody's talking about the FBI director, Christopher Ray. Wipe that smirk off your face, Christopher Ray. What's that smirk about? You just sit there and you just say, basically, it's under investigation. I'm not going to answer your questions. It's not the way it works. You don't break in. And then three days later, he's breaking into the president's house. It's ridiculous what the FBI has become. They're a bunch of jokers. I can't believe the actual day. And, and I'm sick and tired of of the um, pundits out there and the politicians talking about the rank and file are great people. I condemn them. I, I shame them. And I say that they could do better than to strap on a gun and strap on their boots and carry out that order. Personally, I would have rejected that order. That's not what I signed up to be uh, an FBI agent for. They shouldn't be doing that. They should not be strapping on guns and breaking into Roger Stone's house. They shouldn't be strapping on guns and breaking into Mar-a-Lago. They know what's going on. And they know they're doing what's wrong. They know they're doing the wrong thing. Shame on them. And where are the damn whistleblowers? There needs to be more whistleblowers. If they want to conserve and protect and sustain the integrity of the FBI, which I don't remember a day when they've ever had integrity. But... They need to do better. They need to do a lot better. And and that's that's where I, I should leave it because, you know, here's the thing. Um, they need to be a whistleblower. They need to complain about what's going on in the FBI and how it's become so politicized. Otherwise, at some point, You know, America is dissatisfied so much with the FBI that they just want to dismantle it. But they're setting Republicans up for a trap, and we're walking into the sunny trap. We're walking right into it. We're going to protest to this, and then they're going to talk about another insurrection. They're talking about another civil war. Uh, And they're going to treat us like we're terrorists, like those parents that the FBI classified as a terrorist group. They tagged them as terrorists. Like the J6 protesters, they've tagged them as terrorists. They tagged, and they associated them incorrectly with white supremacists, which I don't know of a white supremacist group that's organized in America. They just sort of make it up. It's like, can you show me this group? Because I could show you Black Lives Matter and Antifa, 
And I could show you on video footage how they broke, tore the statues down, set the police off, uh, police precincts on fire, and turned over buses. I could show you how they put a cap in a MAGA guy's head. I could show you how they are violent and they're not getting arrested. And I could show you that these Soros DAs are doing the wrong thing. And the people that are suffering the most are the same people that are getting away with this stuff. It's sort of like a child that you allow to just run amok. It's like a dog that um, is not properly trained. Is that good for anybody? Is that even good for the dog? Is that even good for the child? No. No. A little bit of self-discipline. A little bit of, um, you know, doing the right thing. But... We have to do better. So there's a lot of different um, people complaining about a lot of different things. And there's this other piece to this puzzle. And then we got some audio clips we're going to play, I think, after our um, guest comes on. But it's uh, Sean Davis wrote this. He says, Under attachment B of the FBI raid document garland demanded the seizure of literally any record trump ever saw read or created over the entire four-year term of his presidency any government and or president uh, presidential records created between january 20th 2017 and january 20th 2021 so how is how is that how is that for a scope right I mean, think about that for just a moment. Think about how how that is. That's the entire presidency of Donald Trump that they said they had access to. That's worse than we ever could have dreamt when we wanted to see the warrant. And we still haven't seen all the affidavits. So Sean Davis writes, this is... Orders of magnitude more insane than even the FBI's biggest critics contemplated earlier this week. And it's all because a left-wing activist got his feelings hurt over ongoing litigation he didn't bat his eye at when it came from Obama, Bush, and Clinton. Greg Price writes... Donald Trump totally stole nuclear secrets from the White House, which is why the FBI want, waited over a year and a half to raid his home for, then, for them and less than 100 days before a midterm election as he is emerging as the front runner to, the win, uh, to win the presidency in 2024. Right, the timing. So then Greg Price adds, I also love how Merrick Garland was assuring us that integrity of the people at the FBI and DOJ cannot be questioned. And then they proceeded to leak Blue Anon fan fiction to the media a few hours later. Right? It's absolutely crazy. But we're going to switch subjects here today. And we're going to talk about inflation with our guests. And... Uh, we have Terza Duran on the line from America Consumer Institute. Welcome to the Scott Adams Show. Hi, thank you for having me. 
All right. So, um, you know, we were just talking about the FBI and President Biden, but, you know, we actually have bigger problems from the Biden administration with regard to inflation, don't we? Yes. And the American Consumer Institute just released a report talking about some of the contributing factors. We focus primarily on stimulus regulations and then energy policy. But really what we found is that as a result of high inflation and as a result of wages not being able to keep up with the inflationary rates, the average U.S. household will really lose about $4,400 by the end of the year. Well, that's a lot. And, you know, I think it's... I. The thing is, people are talking about this transitory and whether it's going to get better or whether, you know, we have zero inflation in the month of July, right? Isn't that right? Zero? In- <laughs> <Of course. laughs> I know. It's seven, it's still 7.1% higher than when Biden took office. It's still at 8.5, um, but yet they claim it's zero. How do they square that? How do they get away with saying that? I'm not sure. The only thing I can imagine is that when you compare 8.5 to 9.1, it tends to look better, but it's still drastically higher than what we were used to. And it's definitely above the Federal Reserve target of about 2% a year. Now, the Federal Reserve is poised to raise interest rate or the prime rate even higher. Um, And then I'm hearing a lot of rumblings. You know, if we think that energy prices you know, are bad and and one of the major sources of inflation. I think that, I think that, um, well, I've been telling our audience that um, this new spending bill, this so-called inflation reduction bill, uh, this bill is going to raise inflation because it's going to liquidate and devalue the dollar even more. But I believe that the reason why they actually put out this spending bill was to, sort of kick the can down the road past the midterm election. Because I think that we were going to start seeing foreclosures and evictions in the housing market like we've never seen. And I think that they're going to help sustain or or delay that until after the election because that would have a negative impact on their ability to uh, content, you know, be contentious in the uh, midterm elections. And so the housing market, I think, is something else that we're going to have to look at, aren't we? Yes. And when we look at inflation, it really touches every industry. It touches housing. It touches food. It touches all of these. But what you noticed and what you stated earlier in terms of energy prices is energy prices, especially in recent inflation, we're talking about having an overall inflationary high of about 9.1% last month. But when we look at the energy inflation, it was over 30%. And so energy, their prices have increased beyond what the average price increases is. And really, when you look at it, it's because it's one of the primary inputs on almost any consumer good. And so when you have really high energy prices, it pushes it through every part of the economy. You know, I also think that... um you know, they look at, they try to spin the numbers in a certain way, and they say, "Well, we're at capacity with our refineries, and and you know, Russia's selling more oil, and and uh, oil consumption is you know really high." Um, but I think that the reason why, you know, like because when you look at the price of uh, a barrel of oil, uh, 
and you look at the price of the barrel of oil, say, under Obama, um, the gas price was different. And so they're going to blame the gas station for the higher prices in gas because how can the gas station be charging more per, more per gallon uh, with the same price per barrel, right? And so th- there's an argument there. But I... I've maintained, and um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think there's there's speculation in the market as well that's driving prices up because when Biden doesn't sign these lease agreements and he pulls out of Alaska and he shuts down the Keystone Pipeline and he shuts down fracking, um, then what, what ends up happening is the speculators say, well, the future is not looking bright because we don't have these land agreements, these lease agreements. And so, therefore, we're going to have to price differently than we would if we knew that the future was going to be brighter. Is there any anything to that that you would want to add? I think it is important to note that the energy industry isn't an industry that can really turn on a dime. And what you're talking about when you have the projections and the analysis about where they're going to plan, that's 100% correct. And, yes, Biden, he's kind of said one thing, done a slightly different thing in terms of energy, but I think it's important to remember that he ran on a platform of zero drilling on federal land, and yes, he's definitely stepped back from that, and he has actually approved um, permits for drilling. However, that can have a chilling effect across the entire industry, and according to the American Petroleum Institute, these plans for drillings are made at least a year in advance. And so if you're having a candidate or a president who's talking and really villainizing an entire industry, you're not, it's going to have a chilling effect. And so, yes, now he's turning and saying we need to do more production, but you're not going to see the results of that for at least a year, if not more. And that's only if it remains consistent. And they're creating, uh, I think, in one sense, unfair incentives to buy electric um, but with all these tax breaks and tax perks, uh, if you buy electric subsidies and, and what what have you, and uh, if you're in the petrol, if you're in the gas business or oil business, uh, you got to be looking at that and saying, well, you know, our days may be numbered uh, as a result of this unfair um, government intrusion helping one industry over another, basically sabotaging the oil and propping up for their cronies in the clean uh, green energy business or green energy sector? Well, when you look at the Inflation Reduction Act, you can see what kind of energy the administration really cares about because they do, it's a $700 billion package overall, and they have around like 400, 300, 400 billion of that is dedicated to what they call energy and the climate crisis. But in reality, what it is, is it's a bunch of handouts, tax breaks for a very specific sector of the energy. Mm. And one of the main problems with that is, I mean, renewables are up and coming, they're growing, they're taking up a more, they're, you know, they're contributing more and more to our energy supply. However, they're still not at a point where everything can transition to renewables. And so when you're villainizing an industry, I think fossil fuels account for roughly 60% of domestic production. 
And when you're villainizing the industry without having an alternative of how to supply that demand, it can become really problematic. Wow. So we're paying $4,400 a year. Do we expect it to get worse or better in the next two years? In terms of inflation, while we can take a sign from the Federal Reserve, and last month the Federal Reserve increased interest rates again, and that what that signals is that they don't think that this inflation is going to get any better, and they're trying to decrease the demand within the economy. Mm-hmm. So if you take it from that, it's not going away anytime soon, and this is a problem that we're going to have to deal with, at least in the foreseeable future. Great. Well, I want to remind our audience, we're speaking with Terza, uh, how do you say your name, Terza Duran? It's Terza Duran. Okay. And you're with the American Consumer Institute, correct? Yes. We're the American Consumer Institute. We're a nonprofit research and educational organization that focuses on policy matters that directly impact the consumer. And what what is your web address uh, where people can go and check you out and see what you, see what you're up to? Yes, if you want to see more, if you want to read the report, you can check us out at theamericanconsumer.org or on Twitter at consumerpal. A consumer what on Twitter? Or pal. Okay. All right. Well, thank you, Terza, Ter, Terza, and uh, thank you for being with us today and sharing your. Uh, ideas on uh, energy and inflation. Of course. Thank you for having me. All right. Thank you. All right. Well, you know, that's, uh, that's, uh, that, that person came highly recommended and, um, Terza and, uh, the American consumer Institute is doing very, very fine work and very, very, um, they have very good scientists and studies over at their web address. So I want to uh, also play something for you uh, that uh, is talking about the FBI raid on Mar-a-Lago. Uh, it was an interview with Cash Patel that I uh, I saw over the weekend on uh, Sunday Morning Futures with Maria Bartiroma. And so let's check it out. We're going to start off with Ted Cruz, his comments. Then we're going to get to Cash Patel and then Devin Nunes. So let's take a listen to this. Unfortunately, one of the worst outcomes we've seen, both from the Barack Obama administration and now the Joe Biden administration, has been the deep politicization and weaponization of the Department of Justice and the FBI. They've turned the machinery of government and law enforcement into a weapon to attack their political enemies. This FBI, this Department of Justice, is content to remain thoroughly political and partisan, and and, and it's deeply, deeply concerning. That was Senator Ted Cruz on this program last weekend, and it was one day before the FBI executed a search warrant on President Trump's home in Florida. It was the first time in the country's history that a former president's home was searched by federal agents. Joining me right now is the former Department of Defense Chief of Staff, Cash Patel, and former House Intelligence Committee Chairman, Devin Nunes. He is now currently the CEO of Trump Media and Technology Group. Great to see you both, gentlemen. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Thanks, Maria. Nobody knows the Russia collusion lie better than the two of you. You broke open the story and educated the public that it was all made up from the start. So let's begin there. Cash Patel, what 
tie does this uh, seize and search in President Trump's home have to do with the Russia collusion story? Thanks, Maria. And it, look, it starts and ends with Russiagate. The corruption and the two-tier system of justice that Dev and I exposed during Russiagate has been carried out to the Hillary Clinton email investigation scandal, to the Hunter Biden laptop, to Jan 6, and now to the raid on President Trump's home. And let me, let me uh, clarify. Basically, the same corrupt FBI government gangsters, the same agents that were involved in Russiagate, the same counterintelligence agents that were involved in making the bad false call on Hunter Biden's laptop, or you are going to see are the same counterintelligence agents that helped raid or assist in the raid to President Trump's home. And why is that a problem? Because these agents knowingly break their violate their oath of office in the law, get promotions, and we need to demand their names. Guys like Auten and Tybalt and other guys who also stood up the fake Whitmer prosecution in Michigan. When Devin and I first marched down to DOJ to expose the likes of Peter Strzok, they laughed us out of the, the building. But what happened? He was placed on administrative leave because he broke his oath of office, and you're going to find that exactly is what's happening here. And that it is a counterintelligence investigation means it's being run out of FBI headquarters as a national security case by the same select few of corrupt politicians who are acting as FBI agents. So, so Devin Nunes, you came out with the Nunes memo in 2018 and exposed all of them. Uh, is it the same documents that they want to have under lock and key that they wanted to get from Trump's home? Well, look, I don't think we know that, because, and I'm not sure they even got a whole lot of documents anyway. They haven't even accounted for them. But, Maria, I would only disagree with Cash. I don't normally disagree with Cash. But I think this actually goes back pre-Russiagate hoax. I think this goes back to the IRS scandal where they targeted conservatives. I think it goes back to Fast and Furious during the Obama administration, where they ran guns and tried to set people up, you remember? And then innocent Americans ended up getting killed. It goes back to Benghazi. They got away with that. And then you have to remember, it was late 2015 or 16 that we get to the plan where the, the Clinton campaign, working with dirty cops at DOJ and FBI and the media, I must say, where they set up to spy on the Trump campaign and ultimately Republicans and frame an innocent man that then led to what? So that was the Russia hoax that then led to the Mueller witch hunt. So all of this stuff is intertwined, and then you just fast forward, you know, Cash mentioned, you know, the Whitmer case and Jan 6 and whether or not federal agents were involved in that. So you just stair-step, and then ultimately this leads to what? This leads to something never done in, in American history before. You had a president's home ransacked by the same goons that were involved in all of this. And I would say that, that you know, a lot of people have criticized, you know, the, the FBI and the DOJ, and I think rightfully so. But someone are, are making these calls. And I would say that the people that have been involved in all those scandals that I just listed are the very same people that are now in charge of the DOJ and are at the White House. So you're talking about Susan Rice. You're talking about Jake Sullivan. And you're talking about uh, Lisa Monaco, who is the deputy attorney general. Look, yeah, if you don't believe that those people were involved, uh, you're living under a rock somewhere. And look, you only have to go as far as this. You can just look at how they, how they produce their narratives. They come out with their narratives. Remember, the raid happened on, on Monday. And nobody had even asked this yet. This was only a few, you know, within minutes or, or a few hours uh, after this raid or during this raid when, it, when President Trump announced it on True Social, I might, I might add. 
He announces that, yeah. and then what, what happens? They immediately say, uh, the White House didn't know anything about this. And then on Friday, when Merrick Garland, who shows up an hour late to to uh, give his, uh, what looked like a hostage crisis, he looked like he was painfully going out there. He looks like he just got the yeah. hell beat out of him. And, and what happens? They say, the White House knew nothing about this. Well, look, that tells okay. you the White House knew everything about this. If you don't believe the Deputy Hold Attorney General and the top people at the White yep. House know this, it, you, you're, you've been living under a rock. All right, hold on. We're going to take a short break because as all of this is going on, President Biden, his son Hunter Biden, and family are staying this weekend at a luxurious $20 million estate in South Carolina for free. Hunter was spotted. Uh, what I think this whole uh, setup was all about was uh, trying to frame a FARA violation against George, me that I was. George, George Papadopoulos from July 28, 2019. But check it in. It's a segue. Or some sort of illicit surveillance for for actually I think years uh, leading up to and during my time on the Trump campaign. That was former Trump foreign policy advisor George Papadopoulos speaking with me back in 2019 about what he called FBI entrapment after he received $10,000 while he was overseas and then when he landed in America FBI search, FBI agents were there ready to search his luggage looking for money. We have been following these charges of entrapment and bad behavior by the FBI for so many years now. So we are back with Cash Patel and Devin Nunes. And Devin, you just talked about all of the times in the past that we saw bad behavior down, down to IRS, Lois Lerner. Tell me more about who's running things and who is ordering this search and seizure. Well, the reason I wanted to run your viewers through kind of that history, because it's really important, because there's, some, there's a few things in common. One thing is the Democrats are involved in this. They coordinate with the media. And like I said, the, these top-level Obama-Biden officials are now at the top echelons of the, this current White House and Department of Justice, and they're basically facing no scrutiny. And look, I don't have any, you know, I'm not buddies with, with Merrick Garland. Uh, but, you know, I, I was in Washington for, for you know, a couple decades, and what you saw on Friday was very unusual. I mean, you had a, a sitting attorney general who shows up three days after the fact, right? So, so they ransack the president's home. They get all these boxes. Nobody knows what the hell's in it. President Trump says, look, let's release this warrant. And then I'm not kidding you that and, and I urge people to go back and watch that. You know, isn't it strange that a, a sitting attorney general three days later, shows up 45 minutes late for his own press conference that he called. The White House claims they don't know anything about it. He marches out there, gives a quick, you know, complaining about what, the way DOJ and FBI are being treated as if you're oblivious to everything that's happened the last decade. Uh, and then you go yeah. out uh, and walk off stage. You exit stage left without taking any questions when the first time in history, I mean, this is what's led to what I think a lot of Americans believe, it's not just they don't trust DOJ and the FBI and all the things that, have, that happened to George Papadopoulos and others. This is why you see America beginning to look like a banana republic if it isn't already. Mm. Yeah. Cash, you were working with the National Archives to get the proper documents out to the public uh, about the Russia collusion lie. President Trump declassified batches of documents in October 2020 and then again in January 2021. How much of those documents were actually released to the public and how much have we not seen and how damaging is what we haven't seen? What can you tell us? 
Fantastic question, Maria. Yes, President Trump named me his, art, his representative to the National Archives months ago, and we've been in a bureaucratic battle. As Devin and I have always said to you, we, we, found, we found whole sets of documents we needed out to the American public from Russiagate. We got out about 60%. That's why President Trump made it his mission to declassify and be transparent. In October of 2020, he issued a sweeping declassification order for every Russiagate document and every single Hillary Clinton document. Then on the way out of the White House, he issued further declassification orders, declassifying whole sets of documents. And this is a key fact that most Americans are missing. President Trump, as a sitting president, is a unilateral authority for declassification. He can literally stand over a set of documents and say, these are now declassified. And that is done with definitive action immediately. The fact that the bureaucrats at NARA, who referred, remember, the National Archives are the ones that referred this to the Department of Justice, but they, the same principle, failed to refer Hillary Clinton to the Department of Justice when they got their hands on the uh, classified emails from those servers. And switching gears a little bit to the national security officials involved, you know, me as a former national security prosecutor in the National Security Division where this case is being run out of, it's no surprise that the likes of John Carlin, who was the Assistant Attorney General for National Security, who authorized a Russiagate hoax to begin with, is now the number three official at DOJ. And Lisa Monaco is the wow. number two official who was his superior back then. These folks and this is, the, this is the thing I want to stress with. Now that this is a quote-unquote ongoing FBI counterintelligence investigation, they will come out to the American public and be able to say, ongoing CI investigation, you will never be allowed to see the Russiagate docs or any other docs that wow. President Trump lawfully declassified, and they will hide it from the public, and Congress has a monumental lift ahead of them. Come November, they better start subpoenaing these documents immediately and putting these people before the American public. Merrick Garland and FBI Director Chris Ray have failed in their mission to uphold the law. They have become political hucksters, and they are completely destroying our Constitution and, and putting on a two-tier so, system of justice. So this is the point. They wanted those documents under uh, lock and key. Devin, uh, extraordinary that they convened a grand jury and are talking about espionage charges. Where yeah. is this going? Yeah, I think that's another really important point that shouldn't be lost on the American people today, and that is that they convened a grand jury against the, the former president of the United States and they went into the grand jury looking at the president for treason as if he's and, and look, if that was the case, if he really was holding these 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 documents, these these so-called classified documents, documents, we even heard, you know, leaks of, of nuclear secrets that the president was holding. Look, that's preposterous. And if that was true, you should have sent they should have immediately sent and made this public and sent FBI agents surround Mar-a-Lago if the nuclear secrets were really there. But the fact that they convened a grand jury, accuse a president, again, this, look, this is the second time. This never stopped. Remember back in 15 and 16 is when they started first saying that he was colluding with, with Russians and Vladimir Putin and Republicans were all colluding with Russians. They went to a grand jury with that, Maria. So, so once again, this is a continued investigation of Trump and the Republican Party. It's basically an investigation in search of a crime. And then conveniently, they brought back the, the Mueller witch hunt argument that, oh, my God, he's, he's obstructing justice. Obstructing justice on what, you jerks? Stuff that you had, right. you had planted on an investigation that you, that you basically created out of whole cloth. And I think that's what we're dealing yeah. with. The American people need to pay attention to it and Congress. And they, they start. Here's the, here's the kicker. They start this investigation. They start it. So that 
they can then classify it. So that 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 part that they were talking about uh, just there, where they're confiscating these documents that were declassified, and they're basically going to say these documents now are part of a new counterterrorist in- investigation, and so we're going to reclassify them. And these documents can no longer be seen by the American public because they're part of a new investigation that they created out of whole cloth. Think about think about it. It's absolutely absurd. Where's the transparency? We need to shut down the FBI. We need to take away the power that's being abused by the FBI and the DOJ. They can't just, they're doing, they work for us. They work, they're doing investigations for us. Do you think that breaking into Mar-a-Lago was a service to the people? Do you think that arming the IRS with $80 billion worth of new IRS agents? I mean, why in the world don't we can reconsider or consider a fair tax or a flat tax? We're going to have a series on this coming up. This fair tax and flat tax and consumption tax. The whole concept of filing on April 15th every single year is insane to me. Every year that I do it, I'm like, this is complicated. You know, it... And it's nonsensical. And the level of compliance and the amount of employees, think about think about how much it, it costs for 87,000 new employees. Do you know how long it's going to take to train these people? Years. If you think the IRS is going to be coming to your door tomorrow, think again. It's going to take them years to train all these 80s hire and train all these armed agents. This Stasi, this military uh, interaction. Congress needs to get together and engage in a uh, real discussion about fair tax, flat tax, consumption tax. We do not need half of the FBI, of the IRS. We don't need half of it. And think about how much of a savings that would be. That you you pay your taxes with every purchase. You know, it's a sales tax. It's a consumption tax. It's a, uh, or a fair tax or a flat tax. Somehow, you know, your employer takes the money out. If you're a self-employed, uh, there'll be some uh, filings you have to do quarterly. But for the most part, these types of things should be taken care of automatically. And you don't need half the IRS for that. But leave it to the government to make things so impossibly complicated. And they do it, just like Jonathan Gruber said, you know, with Obamacare. We're going to torture it. We're going to make it so complicated that the average voter doesn't even know what they're voting for. They don't understand it. And he said, Jonathan Gruber said, we're going to depend on the stupidity of the American voter. 
Well, it's not that the American voter is stupid. It's that the politicians are doing this on purpose. They're making things more complicated than they need to be. You know, the shortest distance between two points is a straight line. Just give it to me straight. So, with that, you could just imagine how unhappy Americans are with their government. And let's take a listen to this particular clip here. Americans are fed up that according to a new poll, that is according to a new Fox News poll, it finds 75% of American voters are unhappy with the direction of this country. And large majorities say the economy is bad and that they see no sign of a recovery. (laughs) That's not going to bode well for them in the midterm elections unless they rig them. Right. And that's that's why they rig elections, isn't it? That's that's exactly why they rig them. They rig them because they rig them because they're not giving the people they're not representing what the people want. Do you think that the people signed up and said, yeah, thank you so much for 87,000 armed IRS agents to look into my business? There was a meme was kind of funny. Black guy here. He says, yo, dog. We heard you like taxes, so we used your taxes to increase your taxes, so we could hire 87,000 IRS agents to rifle further through your taxes in case you owe more taxes. How about that? Another meme. Antonin Scalia says, the Constitution is not a living organism. It's a legal document, and it says what it says and doesn't say what it doesn't say. And those are the types of things that we need to get back to, the, the basics, the principles. And it's why we have a corrupt government. It's all of those things in between. Well, you know, there's just so much going on in the world today. And before we just head out, there's this one uh, story about Bank refusing loans to Dutch farmers that refuse to cut nitrogen by 50%, cattle stock by 95%, and pig, chicken, and turkey farms by 80%. This is the government's intrusion into your life. We could bankrupt this bank overnight by changing to one that supports farmers. We need to start really fighting back in these areas and making a difference with our, with our, with our uh, dollar. Uh, and we need to fight back, and we need to fight back now. Well, that brings us to the end of the Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. And uh, be sure to check out org to find out how we're advancing America First policies each and every day. And use Red State over at MyPillow.com. And we'll see you next time on the radio. Bye-bye, everybody. And grab a shovel, dig a hole a little deeper Just to bury my kids right up to there. 